millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Touch fucking minion, though. Jesus Christ, this running, form, losing, shite, bastard fucking can't get your fucking words out. If you're listening to that, Sean, keep it in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that list of swear words pretty much sums it up, I think. <laughs> Gallows humour. Couldn't have summed it up better myself, Rich, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the way to the next Hello, and welcome to the Roker Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name's Rich Spate, and... Uh, I'm joining you after Sunderland have lost their third game in a row. It was 1-0 to Blackpool at uh, Bloomfield Road on Saturday lunchtime. And I'm joined to analyse that game and rate the players by Christopher Wynn in Sheffield. How are you, mate? I'm all right, Rich. Weird, weird early kickoff, isn't it? I'm not, I, I've right. never liked early kickoffs. And we've never we've never done well when we've kicked off early, I've just decided. Um <laughs> It's a bad but one. yeah, it always feels always feels weird when you've got the rest of the day to stew on it. Absolutely, yeah, especially on a on a sunny day like today. And we're also joined from across the Irish Sea, uh, opposite me. Um, we've got Mike Dunn in Dublin. How are you, Mike? Hello, Rich. I'd like to say I'm well, but I'm okay. Um, I said to myself, I'll be measured coming on here and not not be too angry. So. Uh, just a few deep breaths, and I'm feeling a little bit better now. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, just to just to go into the the misery um really briefly the um the result this afternoon left us eight points behind peterborough um on the same number of games it's left us 11 points behind hull uh with we still have that one game in hand on them but um even if if we won that we'd be eight points behind them with uh, only uh, four regular uh, games in in the season left basically the automatic promotion has gone wouldn't you say that's a, a fair assessment mike Oh, it is. Yeah, it was. It wasn't looking great even before today. But if you didn't think it was before today, it's definitely gone now. Um, three defeats on the spin. I suppose a couple of weeks ago, you would not have expected that the way we were playing. We we're in fairly decent form. Uh, it's just, it's just disappointing. I suppose, as I say, it's the hope that kills you. We got ourselves into a position where, where um, we had a really good opportunity of of kicking on for that. That maybe even that second place. Um, but no, th- those few defeats have taken the wind out of our sails, and I think. You know, it's important that we break this duck of defeats now and get a win because, you know, it's like you go on a momentum of a good few wins. It's also as easy to go on a, a run of a few defeats and you don't really want to be sleepwalking into the playoffs, um, which it looks like it's definitely going to be now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but we just need to get a, get a win now and get back on, back on it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the way. And momentum is absolutely key, isn't it, um, Chris? I mean, the the momentum's really gone from us at the minute. We look a little bit devoid of ideas going forwards. Um, that was my overall impression of the game. Um, what was your take on, on the performance, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just going off the, your point before, I mean, to, uh, to Michael, I mean, there was so much emphasis, wasn't there, on the Easter weekend. Everyone was like, Easter weekend, yeah. building it up. It was huge. And I think that must have got through at the players because, I mean, the, the players must have been like, well, we've got the, you know, Oxford massive game at home, get three points, then Peterborough, don't lose that one. We're in a fantastic mm-hmm. position. And it's just seemed like those two games, the build-up to those two games is just, dro- like you know, it's drawn everything out of the players. And it looks like there's not much left in the tank because they gave everything over that that Easter weekend. It's so bizarre. And, and like you said, we need to we need to get that that momentum back and i mean in 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 terms of the performance again and i've said this a couple of times that i don't think today was hugely different to what we were doing during the time when we were winning mm-hmm. games and going on that run i mean we weren't blown sides away and today if mcgeady had mcgeady's piece of magic had come off and we won the game 1-0 Every with the same performance, everybody mm-hmm. would have said, "Oh, we're back! This is fantastic, and we're mm-hmm. we're driving for the playoffs." So it, it's fine lines, and especially when I mean we might come onto it, but the first half was two good sides working each other mm-hmm. out, and we kind of controlled most of it against a very good side away from home. It, it's not too different to what we've been doing. It just didn't come off today, and it's fine lines. You know, the, we make an individual error, we get beat. McGeady's goal could have went in, then Burge could have saved that, and it would have all been different. And everyone would have said we're back on track. It's just, it's just football, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it was a game of very few opportunities. I mean, we were talking briefly before we press record, and um, I mean, first half very little happened. I've noted down that both teams had a had a big opportunity in the first half hour chance really came when Ed McGeady drifted in the middle and played a lovely ball over to Jordan Jones uh, who who ran into the box from the right um, it was a great ball and probably good defending in the end um, we then learned that Hull had gone 1-0 down and optimism started to uh, mm-hmm. return to the <laughs> fan base um, and then what was that uh, word again? Optimism Optimism <laughs> yeah it was, it was short <laughs> it was short lived, wasn't it? Uh, but and and then um, I think Sims had a big opportunity for them. Uh, Aidan McGeady did that thing that seems to be uh, becoming a feature of his game and giving the ball away in a dangerous area on the edge of the box. Um, and Sims went through and and um, it wasn't able to put the ball away. But that was about it for the first half. Second half, there was a a few incidents. Really, there were two big chances for Sunderland. Um, Aidan McGeady hit the inside of the post on 56 uh, after cutting in. I mean, that ball, I don't know what you thought, Mike. I mean, it seemed to hang in the air forever and it was like there was a breath of wind started to blow it further right and it clipped the inside of the post and came out. That was the moment, wasn't it, Mike, In, in that game? That was the decisive point. As Chris said, you know, the game could have gone the other way. If, if we got that goal and sat back and got the 1-0 win, we would have been delighted. Um, oh, it was a great opportunity by McGeady. Um, I was listening to obviously Danny Collins and he, I, before it went in, he goes, oh, and it's in. And I jumped up and down and turned around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, we scored. And I looked back and the referee had given a free out. And I was like, for fuck's sake. But yeah, the game, the, the game changed on that moment. Um, 
and obviously after that Blackpool went down through Garbutt and, and got the goal. Um kind of you would argue maybe a mistake by Wright and Burge. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, you know, that, that goal for Blackpool really took the wind out of our sails, I think, a little bit and we sort of huffed and puffed after that with a few chances, but we, we didn't really look like scoring particularly. Um and it just looked like as you said, we looked devoid of ideas and creativity and it just lacking confidence all of a sudden again and it was just disappointing because obviously if that goal went in for McGeady you know this is this is football games games turn on moments and that's it that was the big moment of the game I'd, I'd add to that Michael but I mean we didn't look like scoring but but they didn't either and it was no. it was one of those games where like it was two it was two good sides squaring up to each other mm. and it was kind of a bit of a cat and mouse type of thing you know and we we, we kind of had I think first off we had 65% of possession but neither side looked look like scoring mm. but mm. like you said that two minutes of the game where the whole thing turned McGeady mm. hit the post then they went up and scored and that's it That that's a difference between the two sides I think the argument I suppose as well that you need to well I think of anyway is that we don't look like having another option if, if McGeady doesn't get a goal like similar to Peterborough or today uh, or if he doesn't get a good cross in for Wyke I mean you bring Stewart on, who's very similar to Wyke in terms of getting balls into the box and crosses. He's he's okay with his feet, a little bit better than Wyke, but he's not great. We don't have a, a different option to bring in up front. And I don't know. I was I was speaking about this through the week on the the website about Maguire. He's a different option. And again today, why isn't he on the pitch ahead of someone like Aidan O'Brien, who, for me, just was completely anonymous today? And it's just we we, we look too predictable going forward, as you said, Chris. Yeah, Blackpool didn't look like scoring, but we needed to show something different. Um, when we went 1-0 down to get that equaliser and we just didn't look like to have it. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. I mean, it, it's that it's that um, being able to create something for yourself, isn't it? Because yeah. McGeady can. Jordan Jones should be able to, but he's not really doing it. Aidan O'Brien, can't, he can't create something for himself. Charlie White can't create something for himself. And when you get into that position and you've got that many players who rely on other people to do something first, Mm-hmm. If if those if those players if you kind of your you kind of um you know your McGeady's your Joneses if they're on firing well that's it you you kind of you haven't got a plan B after that point exactly you need a Maguire like you said yeah absolutely well there were you know one or two half chances um after uh, the the Blackpool goal I mean Luke nine had a had a an opportunity where the the ball was dropped by their goalkeeper and he. Mm. Couldn't quite turn quickly enough and turn it into the back of the net. Um, and Josh Gowan had a, a, a decent shot from range um, on about 70, 78 minutes, which was, uh, he actually hit really well. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a, a yard to the left, it, it, it might have, have gone in, Chris. That Luke nine one, did either of you two thought that the keeper held him back a little bit? I thought, I thought if he'd gone down, it might have been a penalty. I thought it was it a tussle. I thought it was. I thought yeah, it, yeah. It, it was a tussle. I mean, because you like they they were commenting on on the commentary. You see those given against the attacker. I thought that was you know, nine there, out yeah. of ten times. Um, I thought it was an, an honest kind of contest for the ball that the the goalkeeper didn't win, and 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 yeah, I think it. But when the when the ball dropped, it it looked like the keeper had like put his arm around one side of all nine. And I oh, thought, I, I thought, oh, at first I thought, oh, it's going to be a penalty. And uh, but like I said, maybe just the angle, and maybe hope more than anything else. Yeah, we'll have to see it back. But uh, I don't think it was. I certainly don't think it was clear cut, and there weren't too many um, appeals from from the Sunderland players. But yeah. really, the game petered out after that. We brought subs on. It didn't really change the game. Um, and before we go on the player rates, I just want to just deal 
quickly with the, the, the issue of creativity because it is an issue. We created very little in that game. We've not looked dangerous for a good while, even before the before the, the three-game losing streak. Mike, I just... I, I look at the combination of Leadbitter and Scowan in midfield and they should complement each other. I know before the game we were saying that, you know, it should be a, a good match in the middle, but it doesn't seem... Our chances don't come through there. I think Danny Collins said something before the game as well. We're not creating chances through the middle. And I was just interested in both of your thoughts about that issue of creativity, really, throughout the side, but particularly in the middle. Yeah, I actually, to be honest, I thought Ledbetter played quite well today. Um, I didn't think he had a bad game. But I think Scowan, I actually, I think I wrote in our WhatsApp group, I think Scowan's playing well, first 10. But after that, I thought he was awful. <laughs> I changed my mind fairly quickly on that one. He just, you know, he loses the ball way too often. I mean, we can't, we're, we're not going to create if we don't have a midfielder who can string passes together. I think we're, it's sort of an issue in terms of, obviously, we've lost 09 around there. Power is right back. Um, and it's constant chopping and changing in terms of the, the, the midfield duo. On top of that, obviously, I think, you know, we were talking that Chris was saying at the start about, you know, we're not playing differently to what we were playing before. But, you know, we had moments where McGeady was was scoring and playing well, probably better than what he is now. Jones was playing better than what he is now. Wyke was scoring goals. But we are one dimensional. We are get the ball to wing, to the wings, to McGeady and Jones, get the ball into box. Wyke mm. will score a header. He might not score. It's quite easy to play against, especially when you have two centre halves that Blackpool have today, who are two big, strong lads who can deal with Wyke. Um, and then there's the issue of the number 10 role, where I think is just scandalous at this stage now, three games in a row of defeats. Uh, and Chris McGuire hasn't given one opportunity to play in the 10 role that he can play better than Aidan O'Brien. I see I was kind of focusing on O'Brien today. And for a 10, he was trying to come out to the wing to play one twos with the wingers and the full backs. Balls were going in the box. White was isolated on his own. Um, I just think there's it's it's there's there's a breakdown there between midfield and that kind of ten position where there's no one linking the play in between the two to create the opportunities for the striker either. So I think Johnson it's something he really needs to look at going into the next couple of weeks, especially into the playoffs because goals we need like those games will be on one or two goals and we need to we need to, we don't look like scoring at the moment. I mean, power are. McGeady got the free kick against Peterborough um, and was Scowan's random header against Charlton it was just out of, something out of nothing you know we're, 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 we're breaking down creativity wise and I just think there needs to be changes there and it's something Johnson really needs to look at for the next few weeks Yeah Chris what's, what's your point? Yeah just on your on your point I mean you talked specifically about Scowan and Ledbetter and it's a bit of a pattern with our if you, if you think of it as a midfield kind of four that we've got the options for to play centrally, we've got Max Power obviously moved to fullback for uh, reasons, you know, from the injuries and things. But then we've got uh, Scowan, we've got Ledbetter, and we've got Winchester. Now, for me, I mean, I, I think Scowan's got the best engine out of the four. But for me, that we've got four players who are fairly similar mm. in terms of they, they, none of them get forward. None of them are mm. attacking midfielders. None of them are creative midfielders. Ledbetter is a kind of a quarterback who you could see he's creative from deep, but he, he starts things. He's not the man on the end of, mm. you know, he plays the final ball or he takes it, the, the man on and slides someone through. That's not Ledbetter's game. And Winchester's a similar player. Max Power's a similar player. You're not going to get goals from those four. Mm. And 
I think we've got to plan around them to say, right, okay, well, we play two of those, control the game, get the ball wide to our creative players in terms of McGeady's, the Jones, <laughs> Maguire's, when, if, if and when he plays, Michael, um, and, then, and then they do the business. Now, like I said earlier, if they're not doing the business, then we've got a problem that O'Brien and, and for me, Wyke, today they work their socks off, but them, but neither of them are mobile enough to create anything or get into mm-hmm. positions or get in behind or anything like that. So you're kind of stuck. You, you kind of say, well, we can't do anything else. You've just got to keep going with the same game plan. And our plan B was to throw Stewart on and throw high balls into the box, which mm-hmm. hasn't worked yet as a plan. No, it hasn't. So let's fly into these uh, player ratings then. Chris, I'm going to come straight back to you because I gave you Lee Burge before the match. Uh, I think yeah. it's a quick one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he made a couple of saves that you'd expect him to. Like, and um, But the goal, he was at fault for the goal. I mean, I did take run, maybe giving him being a bit harsh on this, but I gave him a five on the side. Maybe I could have went down to a four for that goal. But uh, but yeah, he was, he'll be disappointed with that. Yep. I think you've been generous. Anyway, yeah. Mike, um, Callum McFadden in that left back today um, should have been sent off. Was subbed instead. <laughs> yeah, thank God. But uh, I actually, it was a mixed bag, you know. First half, kind of, I was looking at it and Mitchell was a kind of tricky customer starting off. He was getting the better of him and obviously got that yellow card for a stupid foul that didn't even need to be done if he was just awake, yeah. which he should be. Um, but after that, he kind of, as the first half went on, he kind of linked up well with McGeady and he was getting forward a good bit, which was kind of causing a couple of problems down that wing. But then defensively, again, in the second half, he, he should have been sent off for a stupid foul again, which he didn't. And thankfully, jo- Johnson took him off after that. But I kind of, yeah, like saying with Chris, I could have been harsh. I went for a five out of 10 for today. He probably would have got a six if he was kind of continuing his performance from the first half. But no, I think a five is probably fair. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair enough. Um, I've got Luco nine here. I thought actually, um, particularly in the first half, but throughout the game, he he brought the ball out from the back really well. He, he his his kind of passing was crisp in terms of breaking their press. Um, I didn't think he looked troubled at any point really. Uh, it seemed to be switched. Him and right seemed to switch from left back, uh, left centre back to right centre back quite a bit. And then he had that one cleared offline. I can't really fault his performance. I actually thought it was quite good. And I've given him, I've given him a seven, which is which is probably the highest mark I've given anyone. Uh, to be frank, I'm not sure he was standout, but I didn't see where I could knock him down from his halftime seven. So um, I'll come over to you, um, Chris, for Max Power. A typical Max Power performance, really. Um, like just pretty solid defensively. I can't really remember him getting done. Um, a couple of times though, and and I kind of feel sorry for for Max Power at times because he's not he's not a right back, he's just not a right back. And there was times where he, he was trying to get up in support of Jordan Jones, and then he would stop and go, "Oh, hang on, is is this what I do? Or do do I go on the overlap? Do I come inside? Do I wait behind him?" And and you know sometimes people who you know people who play full back or this like specialist positions, they learn over five, six, seven years, learn their trade there. And uh, he's he's played the odd game for Wigan, but he's not he's not a right back. Um, and when the ball came to him from like deep positions to cross in from Jordan Jones, he, he kept hitting the first man and and things like that. But otherwise, he was he was fairly solid. So he got a he got a six for me. Yeah, um, I mean, I knocked a mark off him just because the, the crosses 
although they were okay, never really went in the most dangerous areas. But anyway, yeah. Um, Mike, um, Bailey Wright at the heart of the defence. Yeah, similar to O'Nine, I thought he was actually quite solid. He, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He won really good defensive header. I think it was only five, six minutes in mm-hmm. uh, from across from Mitchell. Um, I think Yates was just standing right behind him. I think that would have been a clear goal had he not have gotten to that. His distribution through the game, I thought, was fairly okay. He was decent enough. He's composed on the ball. Um, he had a good battle with Sims there. They're kind of two big fellas. They were kind of cancelling each other out a little bit. Uh, and he was commanding them when the balls came into the box. Probably made a mistake for the goal. But he did make a mistake for the goal. He kind of swung a leg at it. And I kind of question whether him swinging a leg of it nearly distracted Burge um, when the ball got to him a bit. I'm not sure. Um, but other than that kind of moment, I thought he was solid enough and... I was kind of towards swaying towards a five. I thought that was a little harsh, so I've given him a six out of ten. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I I went that one mark lower. I think I've gone a one mark lower than both of you on on nearly everyone today. Maybe <laughs> this is unlike you, Rich. Yeah, it, it really is. But, you were you know, off, Rich. <laughs> well, it was just you know I, I'd actually marked them quite well at half time, and then just kind of it dropped away, didn't it? Lost and, the head. And, 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 <laughs> and on that, I'll take my um, uh, Grant Ledbetter again because I thought. He played really, really well in the first half. Like Chris said, he, he was absolutely dominant. I know uh, on the on the player ratings on the site, he said he was, you know, absolutely at the centre of everything and 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 the best player on the park. Um, it faded though in the second half. Again, um, uh, I think Danny Collins was saying he was forcing it. There just isn't that spark of creativity there. I'm not saying it's his fault. He's trying to do stuff. But it's not working, so I've I've given him a six, which I'm sure um, Chris is going to disagree with because he put him as man of the match on the website. <laughs> um, Chris, I'll come to you though for Josh Gowan. Yeah, no, another like frustrating one from Josh Gowan, and he's he's so kind of he's so from he flips from thinking oh he's doing okay here, and then next minute you go oh no he's giving the ball away again, and then he wins it back, and you think oh he's doing all right, and he's just so like that. Um, and he put he's, he's frustrating as a player in possession. Um, you think he's getting into a good position, uh, position here with the ball. Go on, drive with it, and he will end up giving away possession again. And you just you just end up getting a bit frustrated with him. But then his work rate is so good. You, you then you think, oh, he's important to the side. Um, in the end, I just is uh is kind of giving away the ball. Just kind of got on my nerves a little bit, and I've given him a five. Yeah, I think you've been quite generous. But there you go. I have. I've. I. My marks have been really harsh. I'm just working that out, um, and I'm glad I'm not marking O'Brien because I've marked him really lowly as well. But um, it's with you, Mike, for for Ian O'Brien. Yeah, really, really frustrated me today. Uh, doesn't just doesn't offer enough. Like I mean, I have twenty minutes in, absolutely non-existent. I think I said it to you two as well. As he has he even touched the ball in the first twenty, he looks lost in number ten. Like I don't know if he even knows how to play it well. Um, his link-up play is really poor. He he gets into decent positions, gives the ball away. His first touch is poor. It lets defenders bite. Um, you need him closer to Wyke, more central, someone to link up the midfield and the attack. What I was saying earlier on, he's a complete enigma. He came from Millwall last year, who with a really decent reputation, and has dropped down a league and looks worse. He looks looks like he should be in League mm-hmm. Two at times, really. Um, I'm completely surprised he got 75 minutes and he's not a 10. Please stop playing him there. <laughs> I'm really annoyed. <laughs> My, Michael, on that, on that, yeah. what is he? Because I, I, yeah. can't, I, I can't work out what he is. I, You've said he's not a 10, but what, no, what is he? I think he's a poor man centre forward. Like I, I, I think he's a, a poor version of Charlie White, to be honest. I don't, he doesn't get enough goals. 
Like, I mean, he doesn't have the pace to play in the positions on the wings either side of the striker. He's not good enough in the 10, is he? Like, he, he, he's, not, no. he's not doing enough in that position. So, I, he, he just shouldn't really be starting for me at the moment. It just, he, doesn't look, he doesn't look like in form at all. I've given him a four today, and I think that's nearly being generous. <laughs> I, I, I went with you four. And just to add to the comments on O'Brien, because I do think it, it's, important, it's an important position in the side, actually, when we aren't creating. And in terms of what he is, on I think it was on five minutes. The ball was a beautiful ball was played over to him. He was on you know left of the uh, the set, the penalty spot in the box, and a better player would have controlled it, beat his man, and scored. Mm-hmm. And the ball bounced off him, and I, mm-hmm. I, it it just set the tone I think for his performance. Anyway, let's yeah. uh, not dwell on that. I'll move on to um, Aidan McGeady. Um I didn't think he was involved very much early on. Um, he did his thing of giving the ball away in dangerous positions, but he was at the centre of everything that we did and obviously had the best opportunity and almost scored. I mean, it, if, when it hits the inside of the post and bounces mm. out, that you know you are millimetres away from the ball or, or just the spin on the ball away from it, it going in into the goal and, and probably winning us the game. But because of the, the, the frustrating elements of his game, I've given him a six, which I know everyone's going to think is pretty harsh and we can talk about a man of the match as well uh, Chris um, uh, um, Jordan Jones yeah and uh, Jordan Jones I've probably been a bit you're probably going to say again I've been generous on the site I gave him a six um, because he had a lot of the ball in the first half and he was just really frustrating because at times he, he beat the man and at times he got into good positions and he put some decent balls into the box and I think sometimes he was um he was suffering from the fact that he only had White to aim for. Hmm. And sometimes when, when he put the ball in, sometimes blind because he was taking the player on, he was putting it into good positions, but there was there was just nobody there. Um, so I, I kind of felt a bit sorry for him. On the other hand, he should have done better with that ball from McGeady. It was a it was an amazing ball from hmm. McGeady and he should have done better. Um, I, I gave him a six. Maybe on reflection, I've been generous. I could have maybe given him a five, but uh, he was around the five or six mark. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, Mike, uh, Charlie Wyke, not, yeah, really much, not much to say, I would say. No, I, I've, again, like with Chris and John, I felt sorry for Wyke. I just thought he was a bit isolated. Um, first half, you know, the Blackpool front four were pressing us really high and the defenders were just kind of succumbing to long balls that were kind of aimless. And he was coming up against Ballard and, and Gredison, who are, are quite decent centre-half. So they kind of got on top of him. He had a couple of half chances throughout the game. But other than that, he really didn't get involved in the game enough. And um, I think that, obviously, we just, I'm not going to go into it again. It stems from that issue of the link-up play but from, from behind him. And the crossing into the box wasn't probably at a level where it would give him an opportunity to, to get his, his head on the ball. So, yeah, felt sorry for him. It's not particularly his fault, in my opinion. I've given him a, a five for today. Um, yeah, it was just yeah. one of those days. Yeah, fair enough. I've gone with the same. I'll quickly run through the subs. Uh, Denver Hume was first to come on on 64 for McFadzin. Um, uh, he, he he seemed to play reasonably well. I've given him five and a half, six. Um, Ross Stewart came on. Uh, looked like he was laying the ball off well to begin with, but somehow was managing to get out-jumped at times. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how that is even physically possible. Uh, I've given him a five. Jack Diamond came on at the same time as uh, as Ross Stewart. Um, didn't offer that much. I thought he had the opportunity to uh, do something good on the right of the box and kind of let the ball 
uh, go under his feet and had to check back on what the one occasion it was in a dangerous position. Uh, a five. It's not really fair to Lyndon Gooch being brought on 62 minutes to give him a... Uh, sorry, 92 <laughs> minutes to give him a, a mark. So um, I'll get your nominations for uh, Man of the Match. I can, I can imagine we might have three different players here. Um, I'll come to you first, Chris. Yeah, I had uh, Grant Ledbetter. I just thought first half, um, he just completely controlled the game. He was the best player on the park by by a country mile. Um, didn't give away possession, just oozed class in when he had the ball. Uh, kept us ticking over, made sure that we were in control of the ball. Uh, main reason why we had 65% possession in that first half. But like you said, tailed off, but then so did all of them, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mike? Yeah, I actually the same as same as Chris. Grant Ledbetter for me as well. Um, showed composure on the ball, showed his game experience, his intelligence, took the ball by the horn, sprayed the ball well, um, and you know, just kept the game going for us. It was kind of it was just a shame really that we didn't maybe make more of the possession that we had at the time in, at times in the first half, but that's not really anything to do with Ledbetter's fault. Uh he had a he had a good display today and he, he always kinda he comes up trumps in the big games, I think, as well, which is it shows the, the the kind of the standard he's at. So yeah, a good game from Ledbetter today. Yeah, um, I I didn't have him as my man of the match, but two out of three, um, it's it's Grant Ledbetter's uh, title uh, today. So finally, lads, really quickly and finally, um, rate the manager, um, Lee Johnson. I have given him a four, which you might think is a little bit controversial. I just don't think he is managing to change this um, downturn in our form. I think we're making the same errors at the back and we're making uh, the same errors in terms of our lack of creativity. Now, argue with me on this one, uh, Mike, if, if if you want. What did you rate him as? Four, probably a little harsh in my opinion. I might go <laughs> maybe a five or six. Not much not much better than what you said, but I uh, yeah, I agree with you. He isn't. And it's, it's kind of the the same it's the same, same shit different day isn't it like i mean we're mm-hmm. going into the same the games with the same kind of style of play um and he's kind of we haven't changed anything nothing's changed from the the say even the peterborough games today in terms in the way we're playing and you can argue even further back um in terms of today's performance you could probably pose questions about the team selection should he have played hume ahead of mcfadzine before the game we were saying well we don't know how hume is physically mm-hmm. in terms of his fitness because he's only back but watching McFadzian today, he was fairly horrendous again. Um, I actually, you know, generally I'm kind of happy that he makes the four substitutes at once. Today he didn't, and I was kind of questioning his decisions. Um, he brought Stewart on, obviously I didn't think was much different to what we were doing. You know, we same thing, just putting crosses into a big fella in the box. Um, and I would have, obviously I'm not saying it again, I obviously would have preferred someone else in that number 10 role. Yeah, creativity's not great. I Another five out of ten. Yeah, and Chris Johnson, am I being really harsh? I think uh, not really, really harsh. I, I didn't disagree with anything you lads said. I mean, uh, yes, it's it's been a problem, but it's a problem of the players we've got. Like I mentioned with the midfield four, mm. that we've only got a certain type of player to select from in the middle, um, and you know we've got we've got two wide players who, in theory, you know, sh- you know, have just hit a bad patch, and when they were in a good patch, the moments were coming off for them. Whereas they're not now. I mean, like I said, this whole game uh, hinged on two minutes just before the hour. 
um, mm -hmm. where, you know, McGeady hit the post and they went up and scored. And it was an individual error why they scored. We looked comfortable before then. I'd, unless it was an individual error from us, I didn't see Blackpool scoring all afternoon. They didn't mm -hmm. threaten us at all. We we controlled most of the game. We were the better side. Um, um first off, we I thought we looked a level above Blackpool. To be honest, it was it was um two good sides facing each other up, and I thought we played well. And if you think of the form that Blackpool's been on, which is a ridiculous run, they, I mean they're a, they're probably on form like the, the one of the top sides in in the division, and we've yeah. gone away to them, and I think we've been unlucky not to come away with anything really. I mean. Yes, the, the creativity, don't get us wrong, we've we've mentioned it already, you guys have mentioned it, I completely agree, that's an issue. But the big moments were coming off for us a, a month ago, and I don't think we should get too downhearted and saying it's all gone to, to shit, you know, we're, we're playing crap, because I don't think we are. I think we're, we're at a similar level, it's just the, 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 the big players aren't coming up with the big moments as often, and they're just hitting a little bit of a wobble. So I gave them a six. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, that's a two-point spread between the, the three of us, so I don't think anyone's uh, gone too high or too low there. Um, so we've got Hull on Tuesday. I mean, now it's about building for the playoffs, getting our form back, getting ready for those those games uh, in, in the middle and, and, and end of, of May, basically. I can't see us not making the... The playoffs is a, a quite a long way back to Charlton, who were just outside um, the top six. So, um, yeah, thanks for your time this afternoon, lads, and keeping it uh, nice and cheery despite the, uh, <laughs> the terrible, terrible uh, run of three games uh, lost in a row. So all that's left to say is uh, thanks for listening and give us a rating on your podcatcher of choice and a share on your social media, and we'll speak to you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.